And it was basically written um, to encourage believers in a very difficult time of persecution and um, to urge them to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto them in verse 3. But he comes down and in the last part of it, he says there'll be people that grumble and complain and walk after their own lusts and so on. And they'll seek to cause divisions. But then in verse 20, after giving kind of a warning there in verse 20, He says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction or difference, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to Him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. So he comes down to verse 20 and he gives in rapid fire, some exhortations that, all right, things are bad around us, but this is what I want you to do, brethren. He says, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, and be looking for the mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ at His coming. And then he says, verse 22, have a heart that cares for others, and understand that God is able to keep us from falling. And what a blessing it is to rest in that. But the first thing he says there is building up yourselves in your most holy faith. We looked this morning from 1 John chapter 5. He that is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now, oftentimes there is um, misunderstanding about faith, what faith is. Um, You know, we can believe a lot of things, but that doesn't mean that that's going to happen. In, um, In soccer circles... Um, crowds are known for their loud and energetic cheers. So tonight I'm going to teach you one of those, okay? It's very simple. All you have to do is repeat after me what I say, okay? But it has to be passionate. It has to be energetic, okay? Everybody ready for this? Okay, yeah, all right. I! I! I believe! I believe that that. you're fading. I believe that we we 
I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. I believe... Some of you are really deadhead. You know that? Now, before games and during games, fans will do that, and you hear 20,000 to 70,000 fans doing it, and the stadiums will just shake, you know? And it's pretty impressive. But there have been times I have been in stadiums and done that, and the game is played, and we walk out, and I'm saying, I believe that we just lost. It doesn't matter how many people you get saying it, that doesn't really change what actually takes place. And they may really believe that we will win. But um, that doesn't always mean that that will happen. story is told that a man fell off a cliff. He managed to grab onto a limb on the way down, and um, the following conversation ensued. Is anyone up there? I am here. I am the Lord. Do you believe me? Yes, Lord. I believe. I really believe. But I can't hang on much longer. That's all right. If you really believe, you have nothing to worry about. I will save you. Just let go of the branch. There was a moment of pause. And then, is anyone else up there? Sometimes that describes our faith, doesn't it? And... Sad to say, we get the idea that faith is maybe a leap out into the dark. But I want us to see tonight that our faith is designed by God and begun by God in our life, but that we have a great responsibility to be building up ourselves on our most holy faith so that we have a faith that endures the difficult times of life. It's our personal responsibility to build up our faith and, uh, and to be instruments in helping build up other people's faith. But genuine faith is not just a belief. Genuine faith in God is the strong confidence it's not a hope so. It's not, I believe that we will win. I hope we win. I think we're going to win. Hey, we finally did win. No, it is a strong confidence in God that realizes the character and nature of God. And I just want to mention that genuine faith, among other things, it really comes down in our walk with God of understanding and really believing and having a, an unwavering confidence in this that God has certain characteristics about Him that we can truly depend on. And the first one is that God is good. 
throughout the Bible, we read about the nature of God and the character of God. But from the very beginning, Satan has always attacked the nature of God and has got we as human beings to believe that God may not always be good. He may generally, but at the very beginning with Adam and Eve, God is keeping something back from you that would make life better for you, or God is withholding something from you. And there will come times in your life, there have been to many of you times in your life that if you aren't anchored in this truth, you would believe God is not good or this would not be happening to me. And, and we have to understand, Psalm 36 and verse 7 says that He is excellent in loving kindness to all men. He says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Thoughts of, of plentifulness, thoughts of, of peace. And you might say, well, that doesn't mean everything's going to go well. Humanly speaking, it may not. But as we mentioned this morning, this pastor in Iraq, humanly speaking, things aren't going well. But he knows that God is good to him and he knows the presence of God in his life. And we must have an unwavering confidence that God is good. All faith is built in the nature and character of God. All When I talk faith tonight, I'm talking biblical faith. Faith that, that matters. Faith that survives. God is good whether I see it or not. And, and as we, we heard recently in our Wednesday night study, God is looking for excuses, if you please, to forgive us. It's not something that we have to pry out of His hands. God is good. And as we said, whether we see it right now or not, we have to have that unwavering confidence that, yes, I know God is good. Secondly, to know that God knows best. As for God, His ways are perfect. He knows because He's all-knowing. It's not like we are so limited by time, we have no idea what's going to happen an hour from now, let alone tomorrow or next week or next year. God is timeless. He is all-knowing. But not only that, He is perfect in all His ways, and He knows what is best, and He will direct accordingly in our life. We, we oftentimes sing the song, Rejoice in the Lord. God never moves. This is, a, this is a confident faith that says God never moves without purpose or plan. When trying His servant or molding a man, give thanks to the Lord, though your testing seems long. In darkness He giveth a song. I could not see through the shadows ahead. So I looked at the cross of my Savior instead. 
I bowed to the will of the Master that day. Then peace came, and tears fled away. Now I can see testing comes from above. God strengthens His children, and He purges in love. My Father knows best, and I trust in His care. Through purging, more fruit I can bear. Oh, rejoice in the Lord. He makes no mistake. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. For when I am tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. But a genuine faith has strong confidence that God knows best and God is working through my present circumstances. There come in life circumstances that we cannot fit together. But we need to build our faith that we rest in the fact, even though I can't make sense of what's going on right now, I know that God is at work in my present circumstances. That He is able, Romans 8, 28 and 29, able to make all things work together. If I love Him and I'm committed to His purpose, what is God's purpose? To make me like Christ. So God can take whatever comes in our life and use it for the purpose of making us like Christ, that we might, the next verse said, be conformed to the image of His Son. Now see, sometimes it's realizing that we are a diamond in the rough and God brings a file into our life to file off the rough edges. And sometimes He brings a chisel and a hammer and He knocks off a rough edge but rest in the fact that God knows best and God is at work in my present circumstances. Philippians 2:13 Paul wrote from jail. And he encouraged the believers. Here they ought to be writing to him to encourage him. He's writing to them and he said, "Rest assured that it is God who is at work in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. It is God who is at work in you. So the psalmist said, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him. Delight in Him. Rest in Him. And He'll take care of things. But it's that, that confidence. God is working in my present circumstances and we must believe that God is able. Do we really believe God is all-powerful? God is able? In, in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, again, Paul writing to believers said, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8, encouraging the church at Corinth that had some very, very serious problems. And as he's writing the second letter, he's encouraging them in the ministry of giving. And he says, as you honor the Lord, 
God is able to make all grace abound to you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. God is able to make all grace abound to you. We, we also sing this little song. He is able, more than able, to accomplish what concerns me today. He is able, more than able, to handle anything that comes my way. He is able, more than able, to do much more than I could ever dream. He is able, more than able, to make me what He wants me to be. Satan comes and says, or or our own heart says to us, Ah, you'll never make it. You're a loser. You're, you're, not, you're just not getting it. Understand, it's not our power that gets this Christian thing done. It's not our power that it, we have faith in. Our faith is in God. If our faith is in us or in this church or in other people, it is destined to failure. But our faith is in God. And God is able. Number five, God will reward righteousness. Hebrews chapter 11, the great faith chapter, it says, Him that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Do you think, we mentioned it this morning, do you think when Noah started building the ark, All those years that he was building the ark, he believed that God was a rewarder of those that obey him. And the children of Israel, through their ups and down valleys, God was trying to teach them that God is good, God knows best, He is at work in our present circumstances, God is able... And He will reward righteousness. Because there comes time when you do what is right and it seems like you suffer loss for it. And you must have an unwavering confidence in God that says, I know that God will reward righteousness. So I'm going to be steadfast unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because I know that my labor is not in vain in Him. Whether it's the labor of mothering children, or the labor of going to work every day, or working at home, or the labor of taking care of the responsibilities you have, you do it as to the Lord, and God will reward The question comes down, do I have a faith that will survive the tests of life? Missionary Adoniram Judson was a missionary in Burma because of circumstances far beyond his control. He was imprisoned and lying in a foul jail 
with 32 pounds of chains on his ankle and his feet bound to a bamboo pole, a fellow prisoner mockingly and sneeringly said, Dr. Judson, what about the prospect of the conversion of the heathen? <laughs> Adoniram Judson's instant reply was, the prospects are just as bright as the promises of God. Because he had an unwavering faith in God. He knew, even though I'm in this foul prison and bound by my feet and someone sitting here mocking me, I know that God is good and God knows best and God is at work and God is able and God will reward righteousness. Another missionary great, Hudson Taylor during an especially trying time in the work of China Inland Mission, wrote to his wife, We have 25 cents and all the promises of God. I don't know about you, but that's a faith that is to be imitated right there. That's a faith in God. And genuine faith is built by knowing God. You can't have faith in a God that you don't know. And the more you get to know God, the more you will trust Him. That's why Jeremiah said the greatest thing in life is to know God. Because when you know Him, you will trust Him. And that's what faith is. It's trusting Him. In Jeremiah he said, Don't let the rich man glory in his riches, or the strong man glory in his strength, or the wise man glory in his wisdom, but let him who glories glory in this, that he knows God. And when you know God, you, I don't mean we sometimes, do you know God? Have you received Him as your personal Savior? I mean you know Deep in the inner recesses of your heart, God is good and God is at work in my present circumstances and so on. You know the nature of God and the character of God. That will produce a trust in God. That's why Paul said, my heart's desire is that I may know Him. I want to know Him more in the fellowship of His suffering. That's why we must spend much time beholding the God of the Word so that we can build our faith. That's why genuine faith is built by meditating in the Word of God. Again, in 1 Corinthians, Paul wrote, If Christ is not raised, then our faith is in vain. Our faith is futile. And we are still in our sins. But Paul wasn't encouraging a faith that is a leap into the darkness. Rather, he was pinning his faith on the historical evidence and the true-to-life fact that Jesus Christ indeed did rise from the dead. Biblical faith isn't a blind faith. Rather, it is an active trust 
that's dependent upon the workings of God that have been proven throughout history. Faith isn't just wishing. Imagine if you really wanted the, the newest, what's the latest, newest, hottest phone? Who can help me? I have no idea. Okay, Samsung Galaxy X6. Okay, we'll use that as an example. Some of you would say, that's a mouthful that just give me my good old phone that I knew where it was. It was always hanging on the wall. Right? Amen? Did you ever say, where's my phone? Anybody seen my phone? Lost my phone. No, you knew that baby was hanging on the wall. You could drop that thing on the floor and it wouldn't fall apart. No batteries came out of it. You could bang that thing on a table and it could take a beating and keep going, right? But that's old school, okay? We're not going back there. It's never coming again, all right? But you want a Samsung Galaxy S6 phone. It will do everything for you, okay? So let's just use John as an example here, okay? He can wish for that. He can want for that. He can go to bed dreaming about it. And he may really believe that someday he's going to go home and it came in the mail. I, I might, he might even say, I believe that I will get a phone, you know, and get a bunch of people to cheer that or whatever. I mean, he might even go purchase a, a special case for it and, and have it ready and but that's what you would call a blind leap into the dark. He may enter a contest that they're giving away a Samsung Galaxy S6. S6, is that all there is? I thought there was something else. Wasn't there an X in there? No, I okay. Anyway, a Samsung Galaxy S6 phone, okay? That's S like that, not E-S-X-E-X, -E right? Not Essex. It's S. Okay, that's what he wants. See, he knows. So he enters a contest, and he hopes he's going to win, but there's no guarantee that he's going to win. It's like some of you can relate to some of this. It's like pitching a coin into a fountain and making a wish, okay? It's like blowing out your birthday candles and making a wish. That right there pretty much describes what a lot of people think faith is. Now, on the other hand, imagine John goes home tonight and he says, I've been working, I've got the money, and he gets online and he orders a Samsung Galaxy S6 phone. And he clicks, and it confirms your order has been confirmed. Thank you for ordering. And he gets up tomorrow morning, and he checks, and they've sent him a tracking number. And he clicks on that thing, and it says it shipped out this morning. It's in El Dorado, Texas, and it should be at your home by Thursday sometime between noon and 8 p.m. How many of you have ever checked on something? How did they say that? Yeah, okay, a lot of you have, all right? 
John's thinking, man, I have something coming and I can't wait. Thursday, it's going to be there. So he checks the next day and they say it is in Kansas City and um, it's coming UPS. And he checks the next day and it's in Ottumwa. It is out for delivery a day early, Wednesday. And it should be delivered by 4 p.m. And John says, I know they deliver at Dad's office at 11 o'clock. I don't, I'm just guessing. Wow. I better go play the lottery tonight. That's a blind leap of stupidity playing that, okay? So he says, they deliver at 11 o'clock. It is on the truck. It is coming. That is faith, a strong confidence that he has something coming and that will be delivered. There is evidence that leads to the knowledge that gives him the assurance of something that he can't see. Has he seen that phone? But he has evidence of the knowledge that confirms things that he can't see. Over and over again, we have evidence of the knowledge of God that we can't see, but we can have even more assurance about God than John can about that truck delivering his phone because the truck may end in a fiery crash and the phone may burn up and it may not get there. But we, it's not a blind leap in in the dark. We have strong evidence in the Word of God throughout all of history that this is what God is like. And this is how God works. And I know that God is good. And God knows what is best. And God is working now in my present circumstances. And God is able to do far beyond. He's able to fulfill every promise. And God will reward righteousness. I've struggled with that all night. God will reward righteousness, okay? But He will do that. And we need to have an unwavering confidence. But you won't have that unless you know the God of the Bible. And I can't get to know Him for you, and your wife can't, or your husband, or your parents can't. You must know God. And that comes by meditating in the Word of God, and thinking about God, and knowing God, and having your passion. God, I am a seeker of your heart. I want to know you. And let me tell you, I believe with all my heart the day is coming when we as Christians in America are going to have our faith tested. And now is the time to be building our faith. What Jude wrote, what was written to Jude, is important for us to understand. But now, beloved brethren, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. It's not, I hope so, I hope so. I know so. God has proven all throughout history He is good, and so on and so forth. But I need to know it personally 
so that in the midst of the darkest night, when everything shouts, God has forgotten about you and God doesn't care about you and God is not able and it doesn't matter that you're able to say, no, I know God. He dwells within me and I know that He is able, more than able, to accomplish what concerns me today. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would take personal responsibility for our faith. And Lord, we thank You for the gift of faith. But we understand the responsibility that we have to grow in grace and in the knowledge of You and to build up ourselves on the most holy faith. And Lord, I pray that You would help us to have a hunger and thirst after You. I pray that we would be daily dwelling on who You are and meditating on the truths of You and that our faith would put down deep roots that whatever storms may come, that our faith would stand to the praise and glory of You alone. Lord, I pray if there are individuals here tonight who have never personally come to place their trust in You for forgiveness of sin, the first step of faith, Lord, I pray tonight they would do that. And I pray that Your power would minister in every one of our lives here tonight, that we truly would be strong in the faith of our great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.